welcome to D and D, the Dinner Party Role Playing Podcast. I'm your host and Dungeon Master James Gressel, and with me today is Joel Arnold. Hi, Joel. Hello. So we happy to not, be here. Yeah, we haven't talked in a bit. It's weird. It's weird. Um, but I'm very grateful that we are able to have this episode. This is going to be different uh, from the previous four Table for Twos, obviously, because um, we we. Sadly, don't need to discuss what Juno will be doing in season four. I mean, we can talk about that a little bit if you want, but like, um, who knows what he'll be doing? Yeah, who knows exactly? We'll be doing something, but we won't see it as much. But maybe we'll see at some point what he's been up to. Right. Yes. That I guess that's a good way of putting it. Um, but yeah, this is this will this is a little bit different. But I really did want to sit down with you, um, to talk about, um. Uh, not so much Juno, not so much what we hear, um, what the audience hears from the story and your performance, uh, but all the other stuff that you did for the show, uh, behind the scenes, uh, and what that role was, why it was important to you, um, you know, how we work together, our process, I guess we can talk about a little bit. I don't want to get too much in the technical weeds of things, but, um, and just in general, kind of, cause you're, you know, you're somebody just in our friendship. We talk, have talked a lot about podcasts. We were talking last 20 minutes before we start recording. <laughs> um, and I just want to talk to you about why you're passionate about this medium and why this is important to you. And especially with small podcasts, cause I feel like you're somebody more, more than me, I, as much as I, you know, hate to admit it as a podcast creator who listens to a lot of podcasts, I, I, I don't really partially because I, I, you know, spend a lot of time working on this one and partially because now I'm not never in the car. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, so I want to talk kind of in general with you about your role as a podcast creator, what that means to you, why it's important, uh, and what you're doing going forward to continue your role as a podcast creator. Um, well, that, that's it, very cool. I, I just want to say thank you for that <laughs> opportunity because that's a, that's a nice, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a nice thing to be able to talk about something that you're passionate about. So thanks for uh, having me on for this part, this, yeah, this bonus I, episode. I, I, I think that, you know, that's, hopefully that's a big part of the DNA of, of this show is, is sharing something that you're passionate about. I mean, yeah, that's what this show is for me. It's cooking for my friends, uh, and D and D and storytelling and fantasy storytelling are things that I'm all very passionate about and, um, combining them into this show, you know, was a, was a big reason I wanted to do some of these combining those passions. Um, what is it about podcasting or podcasts that sparks that passion for you? What, 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 where, where did it start? What was the, what was the podcast? <laughs> you know, cause like for me, I think the first podcast that I listened to was Pete Holmes. You made it weird. This was, this would have oh, been yeah. like 2011, 2012. Um, and you know it was like comedy interview podcast that uh, like at the time i thought that's all po- what podcasts were it was just comedians talking to each other about comedy and that's that's what podcasts were obviously that's not the case there's a gazillion 
um, and even back then. And they what? all go for two or three hours. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. I, I would listen to hour-long podcasts and be like, what's this bullshit? Like, where's the rest of it? Um, <laughs> and also no editing whatsoever. <laughs> yep. Mostly just the host talking. <laughs> uh, but um, for you, where? how did you get into it? Was it radio or like what led you to podcasts? Yeah, so I think the the very initial influence was radio. Like I remember my dad driving uh, me and my sister and eventually uh, just me to school and him wanting to play oldies and me because of the times that they would be listening to like NPR's morning edition or all things considered at the end of the day. Uh, on commutes like other times i was like a pretty young age like middle school and being like turn on npr so i like (laughs) i just always enjoyed hearing about what was going on in the world like that was how i think in addition to books and movies uh but like always whenever i was in the car i was like i want to explore the world and i can through radio and then that you know, extended not just from news programming, but to interview programs like uh, Fresh Air with Terry Gross. Like, I, I think that was my first, like, arts interview uh, radio show where I was like, oh, wow, you can hear about uh, what creators think about the things that they create. And that was exciting because I liked hearing about, you know, the, the rare time I actually knew who she was interviewing when I was young, uh, I got to like hear their thoughts. And that was a kind of really exciting idea. And then I think in high school, that was the first time that I listened to like a proto podcast. NPR had this, uh, this kind of curation. It, It was sort of automated this, uh, curation of like, topics you could download onto your ipod um (laughs) a like compilation of the week's stories in like arts like you could select a topic or i think there was like one for uh you know news united states news global and i always like compiled the arts ones and listened to that and i think that was then how i started listening to other podcasts too i was like oh well what else is out there and i think the the true uh, podcast that was the first one that I listened to was the uh, creative screenwriting podcast from Jeff Goldsmith, which has now become uh, the Q&A. And uh, it was like perfect timing for someone interested in movies and interested in something like screenwriting, where I got to hear interviews with uh, filmmakers of who had directed movies I'd just seen like the, uh, the interviews were wide ranging, uh, and covered basically anything. Like, I think it was a time when that, that sort of interview, like Twitter wasn't a, a huge yet. And the kind of marketplace for entertainment journalism wasn't so, uh, clickbaity as it is now so like these things were a little bit harder to find digitally so this was getting to hear them especially in their own words this was like a rare treasure also coming from someone who grew up in the midwest and didn't have like a connection to the industry this was like a secret knowledge i felt like Mm -hmm. i was getting not like a robert mckee book from Mm -hmm. like 20 years ago but this was like now i get to hear like how 
you know, everything from like Alex Kurtzman, like writing the Transformers movies to something more like, uh, you know, like the 2006 Oscar nominees. Uh, yeah, it was incredible to like have access to that. And I think that was initially I was like, oh, wow, podcasts can connect you to things that you would have otherwise like no way to easily connect to. Yeah, that's that's definitely something that really resonated with me, too, when I first tapped into the podcast world. Uh, the um, the writer's panel podcast mm, yeah. uh, was one of the first ones that I really like devoured like every new episode of because it was like, oh, all of this information is like fresh and current and they're putting it out there for free. Like, do people know about this? <laughs> Uh, especially because that that was shortly I think that was about a year or so after we a couple years maybe after we graduated college but it sounds like for you uh, all of this was kind of happening while we were in college um, I when think we were or ish just before ish, end of yeah. high school I think it was I had a break basically from podcasts while I was in college I think in college I watched far less tv than i did before and after and listened to almost probably no podcast i think it was just like super focused on studies and saw movies uh that were as part of classes but also apart from that and that was the main like media i consumed but i think comedy podcasts that was something i got into after college so like 2010 2011 when i realized like oh this is this is also possible. Like it was, it was not at all what I was used to from like public radio style podcasts, like very polished produced. This was just like people getting on a mic and, mm -hmm. but, but also a lot more than that. Cause well, the first one I listened to was comedy bang bang. And it, it, mm. they were like very light, non substantive interviews with comedians. And then other comedians would come on as characters. And I was like, Whoa, this is possible. That's super cool. And like, that sort of started this whole interested in uh, interest in comedy which I also hadn't had before. So like these two things like, like journalism and storytelling kind of met also like just light silliness. And I was like, this medium is so powerful. <laughs> so something that you've, you've kind of hinted at in these last couple of answers is this idea of access. Yeah. Um, that like there, there's podcasts allowed for you to have access to this information that you otherwise would not have even, you know, yeah, like you mentioned with the screenwriting, writing books and stuff like that was the best that we could hope for. Like, I remember reading um, uh, uh, Tom Lennon and Ben Garant's screenwriting book and mm -hmm. thinking it was the best screenwriting book because it was so conversational and like to the point. But like any podcast with a screenwriter will be just like that, you know, and or, or yeah, Comedy Bang Bang is a great example. Like that was a world that like in Metro Detroit. I didn't know existed. Yeah. You know, like all, all comedy like that in, in the, in the late two thousands, like that was not something that was in suburban Detroit. Um, and, uh, the, the access and the, and, and the kind of, you know, wide reach of these things and finding an audience for, for something specific is such a, a unique aspect of this medium, I think. I might be talking my, out of my ass, but like, what what does what did having that access mean to you? Um, and how how, if at all, did it change 
kind of your trajectory for, you know, like did that influence the end of college or the, or the beginning of your adult life at all? Like what you had access to through podcasts? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think where, whereas some people might have connected via the internet at that time to people who shared their interests in a way that they couldn't in their daily life around them, like maybe through like Tumblr or uh, fan communities. I think I was compelled by the, by access, but also how personal uh, audio can feel. And Mm. Mm -hmm. so it, it was different than sort of finding other people at first who shared an interest so much as like discovering an interest that I didn't see in the world around me. And, I think from that, I was very interested in what I was hearing, specifically comedy. I, you know, already had this love of movies, um, really, uh, from watching like Star Wars every day when I was a kid, <laughs> uh, in, into high school and in college, but I didn't have, uh, I think the closest thing I had to of role models for like making that a career was, or were the people I heard on that creative screenwriting podcast and hearing people on comedy bang, bang, and you know, you made it weird shows like that, that I was starting to try out. It was like another set of role models. I was like, Oh, not only is, uh, you know, like storytelling, filmmaking possible. Also like this alt comedy, like these aren't like the sitcom stars who I have no idea how they got to where they are. Like they are not, uh, you know, like Ray Romano or Jerry Seinfeld, they're like people I can understand it who are also talking about their journey from being like relatively, uh, you know, like backgrounds that I can like sort of understand. And they, they're talking like about their process. Like they're, they're like, like sharing all of this information. Um, so like that was very cool. It was, it was democratizing something that felt like very closed off or like on the coasts of the country. And I think it also was a, important that like at that time like sketch comedy was kind of on the rise on youtube and that i think the confluence of those things didn't last long did it (laughs) (laughs) nope and now now everyone's got uh 20 minute youtube videos and tiktok so the extremes (laughs) um yeah, I think like it sent me in a, in a little bit of a direction where I was like, okay, I am interested in telling stories with audio. I'm also interested in comedy. And yeah, so I was really trying to do things like that. And I ended up interning at uh, NPR, which was uh, so fantastic. And and later at uh, Midroll Media, which uh, like the parent company to Earwolf at the time, uh, which was another dream. Cause I was like, these are two things that have been like hugely influential in my interest now. Yeah, for sure. Um, and also when I was in New York, like doing, doing improv was like, uh, so fantastic because on the one hand I was interested in it because like the people I was hearing on podcasts, like Paul Shear and, uh, Jason Manzoukas who were now like starting to break into TV more. Like they were all, they all like started in this same, uh, kind of environment uh, but also then it was it was like a great tool as a as a writer too because uh, i'm someone who's very much in my head and allows you to like get out of that so it, i think initially like podcasts led me to things that like changed uh directions like opened things up for me a lot yeah it's it's 
It's so interesting because like you and I are are pretty much the same age. You're a few months older than I am. Um, we, you know, both went to school for the same stuff. Uh, and I feel like we came up in a weird gap. And, you know, I'm sure everybody of any age feels some kind of way, some some similar feeling to this. But I feel like we came up in a in a weird gap between like the 90s uh of like a very like analog do it yourself like if you you like you really had to be like a radio shack kind of nerd almost to like put together some sort of uh setup whether whether it was a, a DIY recording setup for something like a radio show or a podcast or a or a, or music or you had to f- figure out some sort of like VHS or even film system to be a filmmaker and then we were kind of and then that went away because digital happened by the time that we were in high school but then we were just too old for like cheap digital stuff <laughs> you know what i mean like like even when we were in like you know late college early well even even late high school you didn't even really have DSLRs yet but even if you did they were thousands of dollars or if you wanted like a good mini DV camera that was a huge expense and now kids can make anything on their phones which they just have you know and you know not everybody has them but but you know, you know what I mean. There's this, there's this ubiquity to the technology now to create stuff that we didn't have. Um, so I feel like so much of our discovery in, uh, in like when our you know early adulthood, late late teens, early twenties, was learning what how we could make stuff. Like how we could make stuff was changing so much and so fast that like what we had grown up thinking how we would make stuff was completely different by the t- but in that five six year gap. Yeah, you know, like like we grew up thinking uh, we're gonna you know for me I mean you know I I'm not gonna put words in your mouth but like for me I grew up thinking like oh I want to be a you know director or screenwriter or novelist those are the ways that I can, you know, be an artist and express myself. Mm-hmm. A podcast didn't exist. YouTube didn't exist. The internet was, was barely a thing. You know, I wasn't an early internet person like James or Chelsea. Like, um, all this stuff happened so quickly. And then the, 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 the preconceived notions that we had of what an artistic career could be, don't like don't exist anymore you know for us and that all happened as we were trying to figure out what our careers would be yeah <laughs> so, yeah that's yeah that, that that puts it really uh in, in a different way that i haven't thought about it but i think that makes a ton of sense like i i still like throughout that time in you know the almost a decade since uh graduating Ooh. uh i think <laughs> yep james yeah. said the same thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think the uh, it's interesting uh, like even now but throughout that time i will still find myself with thoughts that are just sort of like foundational to 
how I was sort of conceiving of the world because of how we grew up that uh, don't apply anymore. Um, certainly with the way technology has changed things, with the way also millennials hold jobs like far less than our parents, uh, like th- that was already becoming true. But yeah, in terms of like creative expression and then making a career out of that, yeah, I think that I really thought it was essential to, and I guess I still kind of think this way. I, I thought it was essential to have like a, a stable job, uh, whether it be in media or not, uh, from which you can then have like your hobby because there's no, uh, guarantee a creative pursuit can grow to be sustainable. And I think that's, that's probably true, but I, especially with thinking about media, I was like, okay, I want to work in, podcasting or radio so clearly i need to go and uh you know get a job at one of these companies and now again i'm applying to uh like a lot of radio and podcast companies uh looking for a producer job but it didn't occur to me for a while that you could do this independently and but uh, but as you were speaking though you reminded me that i did like i this some of this mic i'm holding this is not the one that we are using to record, but is the one I'm using to talk to you on because such an improvement, by yeah. the way. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, my my earbuds weren't cutting it. Like you couldn't really hear me over Zoom, even though they I sound great on, on the show. Um, but this this is from like 2013, mm-hmm. and I bought this because I was so interested in the, then that I was like, okay, I want to do a podcast. What are my interests? I love hard cider. I'm going to do a podcast where I talk to people uh, and we like share a cider and we like talk about the cider. And we talk about other things. I don't remember the concept beyond that. It was probably pretty loose, but I recorded maybe like four episodes. And I think the reason I never put it out apart from, I was like, okay, editing's hard and doesn't sound as good as I want it to because you also, when you're making things like this, sort of go through the process of like, well, I have these influences. I'm, I, I really love comedy bang bang or public radio, whatever it might be. What I'm making doesn't sound as good as it. And then maybe you get anxious and, and trapped in that. Uh, but I also like right after, uh, I think I started this before I, moved to new york from michigan i think james actually was a guest on this maybe those files exist somewhere <laughs> oh I my would... god please find them i'll i'll really i'll release them <laughs> okay i'm gonna try i'm gonna look for it if you find the one with james i will release at least part of it yeah see if there's a good clip um yeah, I remember because I, I moved to New York and I think maybe I did one interview, one or two interviews after that because I also like had my head injury. So like drinking alcohol wasn't super pleasant for me anymore. The cruelest thing, I was no longer able to enjoy hard cider. <laughs> Cut down before you could get it going. I know, I know. But uh, yeah, I think like not not understanding where we were, it was like like things are a little more settled, like podcasting is still kind of the wild west but then it was sort of much more and you're like okay i guess i can get a microphone and that's sort of all you need and i think there are probably some podcasts that that became something because they were just like in at that moment but i think now it's also still exciting because the barrier to entry is far lower than even youtube is now Mm -hmm. and 
hearing someone's voice and story can be uh, so powerful as like this facilitator for like understanding and empathy. So I think it was a cool time then, even though we didn't quite understand what we were in and probably we can say the same thing in like five years about now. Yeah. I, that, that's a, that's a good trend transition point. I, I think because, um, I want to make sure that we talk about your role on the show before we run out of time. Oh, yeah, sure. um, this is all really interesting and we could talk about it forever, but, um, I remember when uh, when we first started the show. I, I when I reached out to to you to be involved in the behind scenes part of things. One of the things I asked you was, "How do I upload a podcast to the internet?" Oh, <laughs> <laughs> because that that was the sticking that was the real sticking point for me because like I knew, you know, we I had been working as a. Um, you know, as a, as a television producer for years at that point. Um, and, uh, you know, we had been making practical folks with James, um, for a while and we, you know, had a lot of video experience. Um, but, you know, so I knew that I could get an audio file to sound fine. Um, but like, I, there was no YouTube for podcasting. You know what I mean? Like there is, so I, I was like, how do you do this part of it? And, and that was one of the first things that I remember asking you to do for the show, um, which you found, you know, the hosting site and everything. And those are all super easy to find now um, for anybody who's interested in getting their own show going. Uh but on top of that, you know, once once you have once you have the idea and once you have the show and everything, there's a lot that goes into um making it good from a non-content perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think obviously, you know, being passionate about an idea and caring about the medium and seeing the medium as valuable um are all a big component to making good show. Um, but there's, there's another side of that that is a lot less sexy, I suppose. And that's just making sure that, that you have a good sounding product for people to consume and that it is available at all the places that people consume them. Um, you know, my primary focus when we started the show and, and still to this day is the content um, is the story is making sure that all of that stuff is uh, as good as it can be. Um, and uh, through long stretches of the show, there, there was a point there that I feel like we kind of, because I think we were so busy and so behind, you didn't have as much of an active role for a stretch. I forget where it was, but there was a stretch where I feel like we were uploading episodes like right as they needed to come out and yeah. you didn't get a chance to, well, I, was, um, I was thinking about that and like I, I remember like I was trying to chart the course of uh, how much I was involved at different times. I was thinking like, OK, uh, season one, we were alternating mixing like you were edited those all those episodes. Yes, but season we, one was nuts because we were putting out two, two a week. week. How did that happen? Which was the stupidest thing. It was I mean, it 
you, you wanted the content out there, the story out there, and you'd recorded yeah. almost all we, the season. I, yeah. I can get it. But uh, yeah, from a technical standpoint, it was like, ooh, yeah, we have to get these out really quick. So we'd alternate mixing episodes. and But I think in some way I still... Oh, yeah, I, I was. I remember I was still doing like uh, social like stories with audio clips, I think, to like mm-hmm. those I think were important maybe with growth early on or who knows? It's it's hard to tell with the growth of some uh, like with podcasts, like it's word of mouth, but also like what helped it move along. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes unclear. But uh, after the first season, I think maybe I gave you like I would do a listen and give you like typed notes of when I would hear things at different time codes mm-hmm. for a while. And then maybe I didn't do that for a bit. And then in season three, midway through, I think I started doing uh, mixes. Oh, in season three, also, I did start doing the recaps. Yeah, yeah. Season three was so long. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that, uh, uh, but yeah, so yeah, in in summary, though, you you mixed at least half or more of the first season. And then, yeah, um, I think it was a workflow thing in season two where like, um, you know, it, it, because we were we were more behind in our lead in our production schedule um, where we didn't have the lead time to like for me to like send you the files. And yeah. For you to yeah. Do, cause, cause, and and you, you got a new computer at some point, but there was an older computer that didn't run as well. You didn't have audition for a while. Like there were a lot of like technical things that made it difficult to get the show done on time so it was yeah it was you did a listen and then i would i would address your notes but um i want to talk about that part a little bit about your listen whether it was you doing a mix or you listening and giving notes or when you started doing mixes again um you you made the show better undoubtedly thank you like like the 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 show um i i often say i you know i work in in post in real life um and uh and have for years uh and when i explain it to people people think that i'm an editor i am not i don't like editing i don't have the patience it takes a special kind of person to be an editor um I I would I would have released episodes without a lot of the work that you did early on. Now I understand, you know, because of your work, understand the importance of that and would not do it now because of the 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 level that you established for the show to be. Um why why was that sound quality so important to you? And how would you go about making sure that it passed muster while I was messaging you? Like, why isn't the show done? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I first, uh, I, I take issue with the, the notion that playing around with auto gate or, uh, the, the hard limiter is not sexy. That can just be just a, a, a real fun time, with playing with dynamics and put <laughs> putting in diplosives you can't you can't even make it you can't even get through it <laughs> no. i was really trying to think of like what's the word that could add? Ooh, the, the the d hummer yeah yeah um yeah i think 
I think that I still don't feel like I have the the patience uh, of an editor the way James does. Like I've tried. I think editing video I think is much more frustrating to me, and I get super impatient there. But possibly that's also because I don't know all of the ways to make it go fast. So I'm just like I want it to be done, and you're telling me three minute uh, three minute video takes forever. <laughs> um, I think I, I was a little more willing and interested in editing audio because there, there's less to do and uh the directness of it means that you can get out something that's longer relatively more quickly and i had some experience from npr and from midroll and from a couple projects i did some independent editing for and mixing uh drunk disney episodes that i was like okay i feel confident as uh <laughs> even though i'm using software that now i'd be like oh no honey you need to <laughs> you need to get off of audacity <laughs> um but i had like a, a baseline level of confidence where i was like i think i know what sounds good and i can kind of get there but it takes too long <laughs> mm-hmm. which was the struggle i think for uh for years with this show um but i think early on it was that the the drive to make the show sound as as good as it possibly could was a little bit of perfectionism on my part uh and also combining with that i knew the content was so good that i didn't want to give anyone a reason to not listen because i was so proud of the story that we we're all telling together and like how funny it was how uh rich the characters were immediately how good the jokes were that i didn't want like I wanted the show to have the best chance at reaching as many people as possible. So I didn't want anyone to tune in and be like, Oh, the sound quality is sort of subpar or like, Oh, they're long stretches, you know, like, like you had already had the instinct to like cut down on, on looking up rules. Uh, the math, like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wanted it to be like as immersive and inclusive as possible. Maybe also because I was coming from a background where I hadn't played D and D. So I was coming at it with the mindset of like, okay, I'm someone who doesn't know D and D and, but, but maybe, you know, I'm interested in this concept or I'm interested in these people or I'm just giving this podcast a try. And so I want people to be hooked and stay hooked. And I think with other shows now, I think people, a lot of people have like good ideas and I don't know, kind of like you and I taking a class back at university of Michigan, like a creative writing class in the English department. Like I, I would want to help make someone's like, story or their idea the best version it could possibly be Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think that's that's an interesting thing that you you touched on and i and i'd love for you to expand on the idea of for for anyone who doesn't understand what who might not understand why it's important um it has to sound good for the to give it it has to sound good to give it the best chance for success um why i 100 percent agree obviously um why is that so important to you you know like as someone who has said to you the work should speak for itself in regards to other things (laughs) which Um, yeah it it feels like counterintuitive too because uh to be someone yeah what i'm doing now is a lot of it feels counterintuitive to be doing social media and like some like kind of like pseudo marketing things to be doing uh like like promotion or things that will like 
enhance the quality of something when, yeah, I agree. Like the work should speak for itself. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it, it feels weird, but I think that uh, with podcasts specifically, um, I think maybe I came, yeah, I think listening to so much uh, radio and then hearing podcasts that were successful early on and kept growing because of that. I think it's easy to, on the one hand, I think also listeners will forgive if sound quality is a little bit subpar, if they're interested in the content. To a point. Yes. Yeah. I think sometimes there there are probably things I, I you know, cared more about than listeners would, but yes, kind of I was being, yeah, <laughs> I think, oh, for sure. For the amount of time that I would put into it, it was not worth it. And then eventually that like precipitated us like changing our, like it was a constant evolution, but the, I think the latest one really cut down on a lot of time spent on things that weren't essential. But I think that, yeah, I think to give a listener the experience of like uh, an immersive experience with, with a story, especially like this, where it's not kind of just a conversation, but one where people want to keep tuning in, want to have a positive experience. I wouldn't want something where they can't hear like one person throughout and, or, or they're like long stretches where people aren't talking or, or things are non-essential. So they kind of get bored I don't know if that fully answers your question, though. So for me, um, like it was something that we we struggled with uh, throughout the run of Practical Folks. For for anybody who doesn't know, uh, Joel and I with James and Chelsea uh, and her friend Dave, um, and at other points, other friends, um, had a YouTube uh, channel called Practical Folks where we originally did sketch comedy. We did a series called Drunk Disney for a long time. Um, and one of the biggest struggles that we had through the whole run of that uh, experience was how do we get it to look more professional? How do we improve the quality of it? How do we get this to to look better, sound better, feel more professional, even though it was something we were making out of our, our apartment? Um, because the standard was professional stuff, you know? Yeah, like the the issue is that even if you're not, an industry professional or someone trying to make things on YouTube like us, like consumers are smart. Like you are smart. Yes. You know a good yes. podcast from a bad podcast. Right. Like content wise or in, in sort of audio quality wise. So even if you like don't know why you're not liking something and you like parts of it and it has to do with like how it's shot or how it sounds like your, your brain will know because you can tell the difference. Yeah, and I yeah. think so the struggle was like the, trying to have that level of quality while also kind of trying to make it sustainable and something that we could not spend forever on in, in editing. Right. It, it was, it was the time in editing in post, it was the uh, technology access. Uh, you know, we were recording for, for this show, you know, we we recorded in until very recently in my dining room, um, in my apartment. It was not a soundproofed room. It was not a recording studio. We did not have a lot of the hardware that a professional re recording studio would have in terms of like hardware compressors or hardware preamps or what. You know, we got the best mixer we could afford, which was fine. And we got the best mics that we could afford, which we were only able to do get the the quality of mics that we were because of the YouTube channel that we had that gave us a, that provided a little bit of a, of seed money. Um, I think most of the the money that we made that year from Practical Folks funded 
D&D and D um, in terms of the microphones and the recorder. So like, you know, there is a small bar, there is a barrier to entry at a certain point. Um, but we felt it was essential to give the show the best chance to succeed because like you said, the audience knows, even if you don't have the vocabulary, you know, even if you're not talking about, you know, decibels and sibilance and whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like the audience still knows you still, um, you know, if you're, if you're watching a, a movie, you might not understand, uh, intellectually the, the, the terms for the way a shot is composed or, or, you know, the way something is lit or certain the the, you know, whatever, but you feel it emotionally and you and you 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 still respond to it it's the whole you know i don't know art but i know what i like thing you know mm-hmm. and and i think that it's important for creators to recognize that part of of an audience that there is a certain expectation in the capital a audience for a certain level of quality and I think it was really important. You played a very important role in pushing that level of quality to where it needed to be from the beginning and through the end of your involvement with the show. I mean, we we were the week before you left the show. We were developing the post. We were still refining the post process. Yeah, and <laughs> oh yeah, you you gave me a couple things to to think about, but I think. Yes, you're completely right, and I th- also thank you. Not, not like you are right. I did a good <laughs> job, um, but you're right that that those things do matter. I think one of the things that was great about D and D and D for me is that uh, you know I could spend so much time. Uh, like I do this less, a lot less now, but I could spend so much time kind of wanting to perfect an idea or have it be completely ready and i think that if you're sort of afraid of something not being perfect instead of putting out something that's kind of imperfect you would put out nothing at all for Mm. a a long time possibly so i think one of the steps that was key for me in having more uh confidence as an editor and producer was that my friend was starting a show and i could kind of help with it and gain more confidence uh but like he was taking the steps to make a show and it was good and he wanted to put it out um so that was really cool and i think that before that you know we also had uh trunk disney episodes that would come out so i think Mm -hmm. it's also really important that if you're if if you're ever thinking about starting a podcast that it's okay if it's like you don't have to like there are people who will want to listen to your shows and maybe they will bring comparisons of like the top things that they're listening to. But also if you have an idea that's interesting, it's probably going to be interesting to other people and maybe it won't be perfect. Maybe the show will get better as you make it. And that's okay. Cause if you put it out, then you can get better. And the thing that you make first probably won't be good, but maybe the next show will be, or even the next episode will be. That That's, that's absolutely true. It's something that, um, when I talk to like new occasionally when I, when I get the chance to talk to like new Michigan graduates or, or or younger people, um, I will say, you know, nothing does any good sitting on a hard drive. 
Yeah. You know, like whether, whether it's, whether you have a script that becomes, that gets on the blacklist and then gets made and then you win an Oscar or you have a script that someone reads and says, Hey, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, at least, you know, you know, and that was the same kind of thing with, with this show was, um, you know, I really was not sure what would happen with this. I thought we would do those for that first season basically and be done because nobody would listen. You know, I thought this was going to be like sketches on practical folks. Like, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> um, we had a good time doing them, but the, the, the people didn't really want them. People didn't want them. Yep. The people, the, the people spoke and, and did not care for uh, <laughs> my, my genie sketch. Um, but, Kudos uh, to the couple of listeners that came with us from there and they're like, no, I, I loved Cloud I Captain. I watched Cloud Captain. <laughs> <laughs> um. But but yeah, you know, I think that that's that's great advice for anybody out there um, who is thinking about starting a show or whatever, like do it, you know, like even if it doesn't find an audience or if it dies, um, you know, let it let it die out there on the battlefield, you yeah, know, and you'll have and that's still valuable experience, whatever, sure. whatever you learned and however uh, that kind of helped develop your skills and experience. A hundred percent. You know, I, I, I've said a a bunch uh, as we were nearing the end of season three and I was so excited with how the show was going and so happy with how everybody, everybody's performance was and where the story was and everything. I said a bunch, uh, privately to the group, how much I wish we could start now (laughs) (laughs) because we're so much better than we were then. And James has said the same thing about dead meat is, and he, 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 in fact, I think this is public. I'll make sure that it is before I release this. Uh, he's going to redo some old kill counts, um, because he's so much better now than he was at the beginning. And, you know, that's what happens. You get better over time. Practice makes perfect. Like, you know, so don't be concerned about getting it right the first time. Just be concerned about getting it done. Um, you will learn from it, and that is the best possible outcome, regardless of whether it's a success, regardless of whether, um, you know, you uh, keep, you know, making more, or you go and make another show, or you don't make anything ever again. You learn something from it, and that's the most valuable thing that can happen from any kind of creative experience, I think. I mean, yeah. we, le- we learned so much from practical folks, even though that that was a you know, I would say a successful failure. It wasn't what we wanted it to be, but we still found an audience that let us, you know, it was the rock upon which James and I built our churches. Um, but, you know, it it wasn't what we thought it was be, it would be when we started, which that's how James gets a sitcom, you know, like, <laughs> so. Um, yeah, like, yeah. The, also the, the unexpected can happen too. Yes, like those exactly. things are all true. Like, like, it, putting episodes out and having people like them was thrilling. And then when I remember we first got fan art, that was, oh, yeah, it, that was totally unexpected. And, and so, uh, you know, it, it like heartwarming to think that people would have an emotional connection. And like now fast forward, like kind of that happens semi-regularly and people are emotionally invested and now uh you know like a great platform like spotify 
uh, like wants to partner with you. So like, mm-hmm. uh, it can, it can happen to you too. Like excited, <laughs> like you putting your earnest effort into something can result in other people being interested too. And I think that's, that's really cool. And if you are a new creator and you are starting a show and maybe you don't know, uh, which end of the microphone is up or you don't know uh, what to do with those files once you get them recorded into your computer or you're like me and you're like, how do I get this on the internet? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Joel is here to help you. Yeah, yeah. I have wanted to kind of use the expertise that we have been uh that i've developed for a while that we've been like struggling together to figure out things like evolving understanding of software of how to get something as good as we want to be and and that's included like talking to other producers um Mm -hmm. there was a great producer i talked to uh marissa melnick she produces really good shows like uh, why won't you date me with Nicole Byer and punch up the jam? Uh, and she was one that was really helpful in helping me better understand kind of how to use the tools and make D and D and D better. Um, but yeah, so I've got those now and I want to do more working with people who are you know just starting out or they're on a small podcast and they have this idea that's really good, but maybe they're new to the technical side. So like I am now, you know, my, my DMS are open and I've, corresponded with like a couple of uh sort of new D shows where i want to kind of help people you know they have the content or maybe they're still developing their format but uh whether it's on the editorial side or helping them with the technical aspects like i would love to work with you and kind of share some of the experience and skills i've developed because uh i feel like they were sort of hard won and uh it's nice to kind of work with someone who knows a little bit about what they're doing for sure i i and you know it, it was diligent, hard work that 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 you put in over these last few years um, to get to the point that we are now. Uh, and and I think you know I'm very happy with the way that the show sounded and the process that 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 you developed. Um, mostly, you know, uh, you know, mostly you. I would would tweak at the end to to get things to to sound the way that that so that i was happy with them but that's just yeah. it's my show yeah. <laughs> but but you know you put in great great work to get the show to sound really really good i'm so grateful Thank for you. that and um if if you're starting out there and you're starting a show and you want to get even just a, a consult uh, if you're not looking for if you don't have the means or you don't have the um you know maybe you want to do it a little bit more yourself but you don't know exactly where to start Joel's a great resource. Um, very willing to 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 do that work. Um, and it doesn't have to be just tabletop. If you have a, if you want to talk about hard cider, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, or any topic, um, where can people get a hold of you? Uh, yeah, they can find me on Twitter at Joel K Arnold and at joelkarnold.com. And uh, there was a friend of mine who wanted to to also speak uh, hi- highly of me and, and what I'm doing. And y- y- yes, I, I believe that uh, jo- Joel cannot promise you the moon, uh, but he can give you um, some help with your podcasting. <laughs> I just got weirdly emotional. He's <laughs> oh. <laughs> not gone forever. He'll be back no, sometime. No, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, uh, me too. But... <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's fantastic. Um, and of course, Ineffable is now is releasing episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Still talking about and thinking about the Cats movie. Uh, uh, that is Ineffable Cats movie podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, but while you're on Spotify listening to this show, you might as well follow that. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, you yeah uh i i just w- i want to say again before we give you a chance to plug whatever else you want i i don't want to cut this conversation short but i just want to make sure we get all the bullshit in before i have to go to my meeting um because we could talk a lot longer and this has yeah, been great no i i yeah i you you've shared these little insights i'm just like oh yeah yeah we're really uh <laughs> no it's a it's a fun and thoughtful conversation um but I, but I, I, I do just want to say again how how grateful I am for your to your contributions to the show. Both, I mean, we've spent this hour talking about all the behind the scenes stuff. Um, but like Juno was such a beating heart of the show, and I'm so glad that we were able to tell his story over the last three years. Um, and thanks for yeah thank you for yeah. giving me the opportunity too like i it was a collaborative thing like we all did it together and that was uh so cool to to have that chance yeah and you know the door is open for for when will when 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 he'll be needed in the future um but uh but yeah i think that um you know the show wouldn't be what it is oh, oh, thank thank you thank for you. that oh um so you're on twitter people can find you there what where else can people hear your voice because you've you've been doing some stuff oh man yeah well what what what, i feel like that's it's a we're we're nearing the end how how can i go on being being complimented so um (laughs) no uh yeah if you if you want any sort of uh ancillary D D and d content uh you could find me talking about uh the subject of like fairness and reflecting on like juno as a character on the really great DD interview show the Ironbound chest hosted by austin moraga you can find that uh wherever you get your podcasts and also if not uh today then very soon on the role for persuasion podcast talking with uh the host of that who's also both of these really great shows um the host of that one andrew struther talks with different people in the D&D community uh, doing a wide range of things uh, from running games to doing uh, cosplay to, uh, you know, running shops. So uh, if you're interested in like hearing more, also including even like using D&D as a therapeutic tool, like an actual uh, clinical therapy, like it's, it's, that's kind of fascinating. So if you want to learn more about kind of the, the breadth of that world, that's a good show for you to listen to um and you know i'm working on uh, other new new ideas too so so in the future at some point i might talk to you more about a new project yep and we will be sure to announce that here uh and um you know always have a platform here to talk about whatever you are up to um and Thank you. here here and on the uh on the D, uh, the the socials the D D socials we will have joel news as it happens thank you but also <laughs> also you know follow that for 
of course, all D&D and D content, Gressel, having taken over that, is doing a great job at socials. I'm doing a job. You're doing a good... <laughs> it, I, I will get better, better at it, too, now that I have moved um but but you know it was yeah, also but also like you know like <laughs> doing it even if it's imperfect or not exactly what you want it to be over time makes it better and that's you're talking, true yes yeah <laughs> we've been talking it yeah I, I i i have to take our our own advice there um but yeah the 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 like the day that we like handed over you handed over the reins was like <laughs> the, the, the day that i started moving and it was like oh no there's gonna be no posts for four days because of this bullshit but uh yes the the, the i am now in charge of the D socials and i will be getting better over time because that's what it is it's all the journey we're all learning we're all improving and all getting better yeah little, but you're better, already doing great <laughs> yeah better today than yesterday better tomorrow than today uh thanks coach um so uh we do have to wrap up i I, this sucks but but um you know real real world beck beckons Um, yeah well i've it's been a pleasure i've had a great time this was this was really nice this was a fun you know it's it's if you ever get a chance to interview your friends (laughs) right yeah you know yeah it's it's kind of uh it's kind of an interesting thing and i haven't really done an interview in a while because i used to do them all that used to be my job yeah (laughs) you're very good at it (laughs) thank you um you know and i i i miss doing it it's it's uh interview your friends it's a you'll learn things um But thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I'm so glad that we you could. You are welcome. That we could. Thank you. Um, have this conversation about podcasting and stuff. Um, we will, I'm sure, talk again publicly. I mean, we'll talk again privately, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we will. We'll do another Joel check-in at some point. I'm sure next time. Next time you've got a show to announce. Cool. Thanks. Give, give me. Give me the scoop. Yeah. Well, you you you've got a scoop. <laughs> that we talked about before but yeah oh, when, when the scoop is more official oh and, and when you and when you find the file of james talking about cider i <laughs> i'm gonna will, look I for want it. to release that. i'm just gonna put it as a music bed in an episode <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah be sure to follow us on social media at dnd and pod on twitter and dnd and pod on instagram or email us at dnd and pod at gmail.com uh, starting on wednesday the 28th of october we will be a spotify exclusive podcast so the only place you will be able to listen to the show will be on Spotify. The only place you will be able to listen to the show is on Spotify. It's a free app. Uh, download that and uh, follow the show. Search D&D and D. You'll see Beth's logo. Click the follow button and episodes will be in your library. You can listen offline even with a free account. You can listen to podcasts offline. You cannot listen to music without a uh, premium account, but you can listen to podcasts. So do that. Um. I think that is it for me. Uh, yeah, this was great. I really uh, appreciate this. Um, and I wish yeah. we had more time. This, it's okay. This, it's okay. This, uh, <laughs> fun can be had other times. And in the meantime, do what's fun. Do what's fun. Do what's fun. Thanks, Joel. Oh, could it, before you hit, hit stop, could I uh, drop in something from earlier that I forgot to say? Oh, yes, Very but quick. I'm leaving all of this in. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna say, well, whatever. I don't need to like reframe it in the tone of voice. I was gonna say, DM me on Twitter 
joelkarnold.com, but also you can email me at because not everyone has Twitter. Joelkarnold.com. Yes, yes, definitely say your email. I I just stepped all over it. So say okay. it again. Joelkarnold at gmail.com. All right. Thanks, everybody. Do what's fun. <laughs> <laughs>